Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey Gray, and of course, I'm sitting next to my buddy Tony. What's up, brother? How What's you doing, up, man? man? Nothing, man. I'm, 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 I'm pretty excited about today's. I'd say I'm excited every week, right? But, um, but truthfully, this time, you know, truthfully, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. Um, actually, when we, uh, when we started to do the podcast, I reached out to these guys and, um, just, you know, actually asked like technical questions about how they, uh, how they actually did their podcast because, um. Well, they're once again the cats out of the bag. They uh, they have their own podcast, right? They were kind enough to uh, help you out. They were absolutely kind enough to help us out. <laughs> well, I don't know. I did it via like right. DM, so maybe only one of them wanted to help me out. Maybe the other one's like, "This guy's a jerk." I'm right. sure that that's the case, right? Um, but anyway, so they're pretty interesting because um, again, I found out about them via a podcast. But um, and then you know, once you listen to the podcast, you realize that they actually have a salon consulting business and um and we actually have a, a friend that went through it who um who gave rave reviews about it so i mean i think with no further ado shall we introduce them that's in uh, yeah shall we do it let's, let's do, do it, it. <laughs> cool so uh david and sid welcome to your day off thank you hi. very much hi guys it's not really our day off so it's kind of it's kind <laughs> of like, yeah. it's your last day off i don't remember when mine was <laughs> there are no days off in the podcast world off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just those who are listening right <laughs> hopefully that's it yeah so uh let's jump in you want to jump in yeah let's jump in. so we're gonna you know we want to know where you guys uh you know where are you from and we'll start with you sid because we got a a second part to that question to, with you david oh fun uh i i'm actually from the south uh i grew up in florida even though people don't think that that is the south but i grew I spent my adult years in Tampa, Florida, but um, I grew up about an hour south in a little small town called Ruskin, and I grew up on a farm. Oh, wow. wow. Dairy farm. <laughs> dairy farms in Florida? I thought they only grew oranges. I know, right? <laughs> nope, it was a dairy farm. Oh, I grew up on a farm. Well. David. So <laughs> it must be a thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> We're so sick of farm life that we just go straight, <laughs> straight to the city. Straight to here. Uh, David, where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up, I spent my younger years in Northern Michigan, Harbor Springs, Petoskey, Michigan. And um, my mom lived in the city. My dad lived in the country. And so my dad is one of eight and he grew up on a dairy farm. So I come, that's the dairy farm side of my family. And then my mother moved me to Naples, Florida when I was 16. Oh, so you're Florida as well then, huh? Yep. And so I was there for six years and that's actually how I met Sid. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So you got the Florida and the dairy farm connection. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we are the weirdos. We should do something with this. So did you grow up as David in Michigan? Uh, no, I grew up as Caleb in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. What's that journey? Caleb lived on the farm. David lives in New York. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I like go. that. Yeah, we were so, uh, we, we love, we were talking to Sid last week and we loved, uh, the story, the spiritual uh, story of uh, how you turned into Caleb into David, you know, so we wanted to, before we get into all the other stuff, really kind of, you know, talk to us about your journey. So I, um, I ran away to, when I was 16, I kind of like ran away from home and I've always been a very spiritual, I'm Pisces, we do a lot of, we believe in a lot of astrology in this group. Um, so Pisces are normally like one of the most spiritual signs and proves very true for myself um so when I was 16 I studied all these different religions and I I kind of I found the Kabbalah center when I was really young and I kind of ran away to the Kabbalah center and that's how I grew up was studying this sorry 
studying this um, kind of ancient wisdom. I believe that it's kind of, it's shaped the company that we have. It's shaped all the choices that I've made, and it's made me a more proactive person in life. So I think I, I think it's it's only fitting that we have a, a coaching consulting company for hairdressers because of that. But in in that study, you you change your you have the opportunity to change your name if uh, if you feel inclined. And I was in Israel with my Kabbalah teacher, and I had. I'd, wondered, I'd wanted to change my name for many years um, because of its spiritual significance to do so. And my teacher, when we were in Israel in January, this January, she mentioned changing my name. So um, I, not only did I change it, but I was able to change it in Israel, which was, I think, really, really intense. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. King David, I like it. King David, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, used to, I, have that phrase, I used to date this guy named Byron. He's going to kill me. <laughs> His name was Byron, but his Instagram handle was Byron like the Lord, like Lord Byron. And so when I changed my name, I said, it's King, King David, like the King. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. My brother's named David. So yeah. no, it's a, it's a good name. My, uh, my, cousin, yeah. my cousin, Sheena, uh, she's from Ireland. She actually named me Caleb when I was born. And my name was That's a big a cool problem. name too. Yeah, exactly. My name was a problem when I was born because I was supposed to be a girl. And my mom thought I was a girl. The doctors thought I was a girl. The x-ray, the the x-rays, the um Sonogram. sounds yeah. uh, showed that I was a girl. And I came out with boy parts. So I'm a boy. <laughs> uh, and my my mom didn't know what to name me. So even my original name was a struggle. Um, so I stayed in the hospital for three extra days until my cousin named me. And so I, my name has always been kind of a unique, a unique thing. Have you talked to her since you na- did the name change? I, I just talked to her a couple days ago yes. and I forgot that I didn't tell her and she almost hung up the phone on me. I, she was calling long distance. So I was like, couldn't hear her very well. And I was like, oh, I forgot <laughs> to tell you that I changed my name. And she's like, I gave you a beautiful name. <laughs> <laughs> She was upset, but she said, I just have to get used to it. She was the only person that was, you know, kind of upset by it. But what's great about that whole story is that when David and I first met and we were getting to know each other, we, you know, we both grew up on the farm. And then I was actually supposed to be a boy throughout. My mom thought I was going to be a boy and he was a girl. And then we both grew up gay. So I don't know. (laughs) What happened along the lines, but apparently I was a boy. I think it's our parents' fault. I do too. Yeah. I thought environmental wasn't a uh, wasn't a factor. I was supposed to be named uh, Mac. My mom. Yeah, and I was supposed to be Kara. Kara. If it came out another way, you'd be interviewing Mac and Kara right now. How weird! (laughs) (laughs) Two straight two straight farmers in New York. Yes. They sound like they're from California, though. I don't know. Mac and Kara. Mac and Kara. Yeah. They, just, they, sound they sound like friends of Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was my uh, my name journey. That's pretty awesome, man. Well, first of all, congratulations, congratulations, Thank you. yeah, on your journey and 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 you know for always seeking uh you know further knowledge and um, spiritual guides. That's exactly. awesome. Yeah, it's. Uh, I thought it was going to be a lot harder to share it with people because people have opinions, but no one, everyone really respected it. And it hasn't really been that weird of a, it was actually harder for me. I know. I was like, David, can you hand me that? And he's, he wasn't responding. And I was like, (laughs) he's like, oh, 
David, you gotta buy into the name if you're gonna. I know. Change it, man. I, went to, I went to Starbucks and they kept calling David, and I was like, "Oh, that's me." <laughs> <laughs> They're still oh, talking about you at Starbucks. Right. <laughs> what a weird dude, David, that came in would never. Pick up <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's funny because we, you know, we first knew you as Caleb and Corey and I, you know, as we were talking, and I keep saying Caleb, he's like David. <laughs> I know, yeah. No, but I, I said honestly, it, it significant to me as Caleb, and then he started talking, and then sure enough, he did the exact same thing. It's like, <laughs> got a kick out of it, but it is. If you want to call to anyone listening, if you want to call me Caleb or David, it's not. It was no, 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 no. You need to commit, David. <laughs> yeah. <You're very laughs> Yeah, your branding's gonna be tough enough, man. But if you bring him a coffee, make sure it says Caleb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So so you guys met down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Did you guys work in the same salon or did you guys uh just were you both doing hair or we actually uh were both educators for Aveda and we used to teach for the institutes and travel with them and teach for them and um I remember the first day David walked in, he walked in and he was a bit, we were babies. I mean, he was probably 22 at the time and I was maybe 25 and um, he walked in and he, he smelled of Abercrombie. And and I remember being like, you smell like my wife. Like that was my first word out of of my mouth. And what's funny. And we didn't talk for like a year. No, we did. I mean, we worked together. we had different our classes were on opposite times and we weren't not friends but we weren't friends and um you know one time it was his birthday and he had no one going out with him and I could not handle that I was like that's birthdays are so important to me and so I took him out for his birthday and it was like insta friends and um we ended up starting to do more editorial stuff together and doing more shows and runway stuff and stuff for the company and we were like we work really well together and we had all these great ideas we actually uh, had too many ideas. We had such an opinion. We started a blog on Tumblr called uh, The Dispensary. And we basically just started ranting and raving about um, Big Brother in the industry and the big companies and you know how we want to bring power back to the artists. And we actually got in trouble for it. And <laughs> uh, people were like, you, you can't write from, about that. You got in huh? trouble from Aveda from that? Is that who you're working for at the time? Yeah, we got in trouble for writing things about bigger companies and brands and um, basically, but other people liked it. The hairstylist, the artists loved it. And so we decided to make it more official and we created a company called The Trichology Project and we still didn't know what we wanted to do. We just started writing a blog. We had people come on board wanting to be interviewed by us, wanting to um, write for us and it just kind of started to take off very quickly um, but no one could say the trichology project. So during that time, or spell it, during the time, uh, David wrote an article about um, destroying the hairdresser and destroying the stereotypes that come with it and uh, ego, destroying ego and low paychecks and um, just kind of building the artist back up. And we kind of took off with that. And it's funny because we were on tour. We just finished a 15 stop North American tour. And <laughs> which sounds crazy to me. Uh, but we were talking on stage and I randomly splurted out that we created this company on a napkin in a coffee shop in yeah. Florida. And <laughs> someone asked, do you still have the napkin? I was like, no, but <laughs> like, that would have been your yeah. dollar bill. You would have framed it and have it on your wall. Right. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. But we, we forgot about that. And you know, it's, it's been about three and a half, four years now. And we, um, 
we created this amazing coaching company to help, you know, build back the artists and make them the money that they deserve and have the confidence. And, you know, we're also both certified life coaches. And so we incorporate that into our business and um, we grew very quickly on Instagram. We've built our whole business on Instagram and we started the podcast and that took off. And next thing you know, we were on tour and I feel like I blinked and woke up and it's all been happening. So that's why we look so tired. <laughs> it's funny because you guys were ahead like in the beginning as well. There's, you know, this whole movement of the independent hairdresser or the, you know what I mean? The hairdresser itself and not, you know, being not necessarily owned because I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody because, you know, I, I worked in a salon for 20 years and, you know, we love where we work, but, uh, you know, we're, now we're in a private studio, but this whole about four or five years ago, I guess, you know, six years ago, this big, strong movement. And you guys were kind of at the, the beginning of that. That's mm. pretty impressive. I think I, I teach a, so Sid um, coaches people that are behind the chair that are working either for someone else or even independently. And I work with mainly leadership. And what I've discovered with in leadership is that the only way it's, the only way it's going to work to employ hairdressers anymore is they can still be employees. They can still be W-2 employees, but you have to treat them like 1099 employees. This is the only way it will, the next generation, yeah, the next generation coming in does not, they will not listen to your rules because their, their rules, the rules kind of keep them behind and they, they live in a world where all the rules are broken and all the bets are off and all the marketing is different and how you build your business is up to every independent person. So I've just noticed that a lot of a lot of hairdressers that I work with that are leaders or or salon owners struggle with this in particular, especially if they've been in the industry for a long time. Also, we found that where there was a lack in leadership is that they were holding on to their stylist with such fear that it was actually making their stylist leave. And something David does with his leadership is actually gives them a place, encourages them that if they're done and they hit their top to let them go. And, and or invest in them into the company so that they are now investors within your business or opening a second location or something like that to give the next step to the stylist versus having it be this whole knockout, drag out, walkout situation. Right. Nobody wants that. Do you guys kind of see, I mean, Tony and I, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, for years now. We just, we're trying to figure out where's the middle ground between like a commission salon and um, you know, now the, now the, uh, the studio salons. Do you guys, do you guys see middle ground there or? There's, I don't think there's middle ground. I think every, every, every person that decides to be a leader of a business uh-huh. has to decide what that looks like for their life. So if you're going to open a salon, you need to decide what those rules and those boundaries look like for you so you can have the life that you want. And then you invite people to be part of that. But if you're just opening and then hiring people because that's how business works, it will fail. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, well said. Man. That's, that's amazing. So you guys sitting around a coffee table, writing on a napkin, you know, talking about, hey, we should, you know, create this business. Now you guys want this 15 uh, city tour. From the time you were on the nap, wrote, was writing on the napkin, creating this business till today how long did it take you to develop the uh to destroy the hairdresser like the curriculum we launched the curriculum probably a month and a half after that napkin because david and i believe that why wait life's too short let's just jump see what works what doesn't um we've changed our curriculum a few times based on what's happening in the industry uh and you know there's always fear when you you put yourself out like that we were just like we're gonna do this and we're gonna try it and 
lo and behold, we had like five people sign up that first month, you know, which is also terrifying, (laughs) but those were, you know, they, they all grew, they finished our year long program and, um, are all very successful now. And, And they still use the tools and still promote us. And they still, are very active in our community and our, they're, they're our alumni team. We've had a lot of people um, go through the program and it's been great. Some of them are, are done with the program and they're like, well, can we just keep you still? And we're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> three, you know, for no reason. It's just great. It's wonderful. They, I think that everyone kept saying you need to do, um, you need to like uh, test your curriculum out and try it and try it and try it. And I was like, no, I don't. I need to test it on people that are willing to pay me. Right. If it works, Cause they're going to get what, they're going to pay me what this curriculum is worth. And then as it keeps developing, we charge more. So I think that the people that signed up in the beginning were, we made it clear to them that the curriculum was new Mm -hmm. um, and that we would be trying a lot of new, new ideas, but the people that signed up wanted something new and they Mm -hmm. wanted, they wanted something radical and they wanted some, they were like, nothing else is working. If someone gives me another spreadsheet on how to add up numbers. I can't, we don't talk numbers. (laughs) Our Our whole program, we don't mention numbers one time. Wow. We don't believe that make we don't believe that people learn how to make money by learning how to add because we've already done that in middle school. We know how to we know that two plus two equals four. We don't have to take this class and that class with this spreadsheet and that. We don't have to do that. It doesn't make any sense. Also, the result of our program is always money. Always. It, we I've had students where we work on just their confidence. Uh, we work on building their brand. And next thing you know, they're doubling their paychecks without even talking about dollars. And so it's, it's, you know, how you do one thing is how you do all things. So if we can work in one area of your life, the other area is going to elevate. And uh, both, both of us being Kabbalah students, we have spiritual um, mentors and we have business mentors and we also have life coaches and we wouldn't be um, anywhere in our careers without those people. And so we realized that that was the one thing in this industry that was missing was the individual support um, for us, because you go through hair school and nobody teaches you business and no one supports you through it. And you kind of just feel like a pawn in this game. And, uh, a lot of people end up quitting their craft and go into nursing. I don't know why that's a thing. It's a relation <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And, and that's heartbreaking because they always say, I always hear, I miss hair. My mom was a hairstylist for 30 years. At the end of her 30 years, she had not a dollar to save or show from her 30 years in her career. She had to get knee replacements, carpal tunnel. And so when I said I wanted to do hair, she looked at me like I dropped out of nursing school to be a hairdresser. So that's, <laughs> I did it backwards. But um, she looked at me like I was insane because the way that the industry was for her, she just didn't think I could make money being a hairstylist. And I was like, nope, you're wrong. This is it. This is, I swear to you, I can change this. I can, I can be influential. So. That's awesome. And, and what's impressive is that, you know, even when somebody takes your course and at the end of it, you know what I mean? It's, this is where what Corey and I really, we love about doing our podcast and bringing people like you on is that you guys truly care about them. You know what I mean? A lot of people say, you know, thank you for the money. See you later. But yeah. you allow them to still reach out to you and you are, you become those, those leaders in their lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they, they're mentors. They look up to you and, and it's, it's awesome that you guys keep that, ch- you know, channel open to them. And that's, that's where, you know, you truly care about them and, and, and you care about our industry. And that's, you know, what, one of the big reasons why we want to have you guys on is, and, you know, just mad respect that you guys uh just 
you know, you care about the industry and about yeah. the hairdresser, the individual hairdresser. I think that um, we, I think the whole, our whole business was built on relationships, which is, I mean, we're creative people. We right. crave relationships. And so we just kind of played on that idea. And then also going forward, taking those students that have had great success and have really kind of bought into what we're doing and having them become coaches is kind of the next expansion of our, of our company that we're working on now. That's coming later this year. So we'll get to see our uh, babies and watch them go out and do what we've done, which is wonderful because uh, we really learned a lot from this tour. And as much as we started this company to be an online only company that we would never go out and teach classes we realized, especially after doing the podcast, that a lot of people want to talk to us face-to-face and we have to connect with them that way. And in order to have more time to do that, we have to have more coaches to be able to help us with the quantity of students that are coming in. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, I'm a believer already. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, We're up. basically starting a cult. So if you'd yeah. like to be a part of DTH, you can. <laughs> I love it. So we'll, I, we'll I, help with the media side of it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So the actual, the name came from um, David's article, Destroy the Hairdresser. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. David, it's great for marketing. It gets attention. People email us probably a couple times a week asking us why we hate hairdressers, why we want to kill them. And what's frustrating to me is it's like, do you not read? <laughs> I'm trying to elevate you. And if you would just look at the website, you would see that. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, Actually, David, I was listening to a podcast, and um, we can make an edit mark here if you if you don't want to get into it. But you mentioned something that like it totally piqued me, and I was like, if I ever get a chance to talk to them, I'm going to ask them about this. Um, you mentioned something about how the retail business has changed, and um, you said, I think you were being coy, but you know, you, you kind of said that, and then and then you shut up. But I was like, I want more, David. Um, Wait, what did I more? say? I don't know what I said five minutes ago. Yeah. So. yeah. Tell me what I said. It, it was something about that, about how um, how the retail business in our industry has changed, and how that salons <laughs> can't um, can't rely on that yeah. more as the um, as is, the be all. Part of Big Brother. This is this part of is Big Brother. Probably brand. why this is probably the most controversial thing that I say because that's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> because. Um, by saying this, I will never, ever be sponsored in my life by a big brand. Um, if I ever want, even if the money was enough, I, I, they just never, they're never going to come to me now. Um, I believe that, I, I don't believe that salons really truly make money on selling product. Um, if you look at, if, you, if we're doing basic math, if you buy a product for $2, you sell it for $4, you made $2, but you have to buy that product again for $2. Right. So I know there are some margins that can be moved around where you could make a little bit of money, but we do hair. Right. And I know that you need product to support that hair, but you don't need, um, you don't need a whole storefront of product to support that hair. And so I really support smaller brands like Hair Story, Reverie, Reverie um, smaller things that they, they, they have really niche products um, because they've really focused, I, mean, I love hair story because they're like, you only need these four products for every hair type. And I think that that's kind of the future of, of product. And honestly, generation, um, Z, the 22 and younger, they aren't going to buy product at a salon. They've already bought their product on Amazon. Right. Do you think that, um, on that same note, and Tony and I have talked about this a little bit, um, do you see a resurgence 
of like uh what's it called like soft brands you know like like you know like like boutique brands like boutique brands or you know even where an individual hairdresser you know or a salon would bring in like their own their own named yeah what's that called why am i brain farting the it's called like the blank label products like those the white label products are yeah yeah you know the ones where you put your own name on it it's like yeah Yeah. right the the only difference is is that the you can go online to these companies. I can't remember yeah. the name of it, but you can go online, you give them your logo, you pick what kind of products you want and you don't really have any say in how it's made, what's going in it, how it's formulated um, versus a lot of the smaller brands right now really care about that. And so they're working in the labs to build the kind of products that they want and put them out because I do know a lot of salons that make their own brand of product because they don't want to deal with the big brands that are making them sell a certain amount and they're being tough on their stylists to, to really push them that. And then everything seems very selly and numbers oriented, very rather than artistic. You know, I have no problem selling products at all because I'm educating my clients in, in the right direction. But right. I also don't want to be pushed or reprimanded if my client didn't take it home. Mm-hmm. Well, right. I think that like, for example, I, I get what you're saying. I, if I were to create a product myself, I would create one product. I love, I love like salty textured. Yeah paste or spray like I love like that's the kind of hair I like so as a stylist if I had the opportunity to make a product that would be the type of product I made I wouldn't make a whole line but I would make one product like yeah I'd make I'd make what I want to work with right so you would go with like a shampoo and conditioner from whomever and then have the one you know uh Caleb used to be or David used to be Caleb's (laughs) product yeah exactly it's like I think mixing and matching and, and carrying what you want is going to be what happens. And I think that's why people want to open their own little studios so they don't have to be in bed with these bigger companies that are like, okay, well, you have to carry $40,000 with our product and then we'll give you $1,000 of education. And if you hit this, nobody wants, no one's playing this game anymore. Right. Like no one's, especially younger people, they're just, millennials do not do this. Millennials go, if millennials go to buy a car, I, I always use this example. When a millennial goes to buy a car, they came with the $30,000, which is the asking price. They right. come with twenty five, right ready to haggle. They literally were like, I have $30,000. I car. want the car now and I want to leave right now. Right. Like, that's how millennials think. They don't, they don't want a deal. They don't need a discount. They don't need, a, they don't need that. They, they, they already know what they want. And the next generation after that really knows what they want. Yeah, right. and there's too many product brands out there that you have to carry the whole line or you can't carry the line at all. So. Exactly. Right. Also, if you've ever done a show or a competition or something like that, like products, product, I hate to say that. <clears throat> I love all these different brands, but I've been on, on fashion week or I've been on set where I've been forced to use something that was provided for maybe a commercial or uh, we used to work for HSN. So we would always have to use what was being sold. And you were just told to make it work. And we do, <laughs> you know, and because can, we know what we're doing. Exactly. And can you imagine being like, I can't use, I can't make it work. I can't give you the hair you want because I'm not using the product that I want. You know, it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me. So it's just like, why simplify things for, I always try to simplify, simplify things for my clients because it's like, all you need is this one thing you put it in wet you use it dry and walk out the door because honestly living in New York, that's what I do. I use one product, call it a day, air dry. Bye. <laughs> What and everybody doing? compliments my hair. They're like, I love your curls. And I'm like, thanks. Like, that's it. <laughs> awesome. So let's get back to uh, destroy the hairdresser. Let's, yeah, uh, let's do it. 
So I mean, we have them here. That was actually 100% disturbing. That was all <laughs> Well, I, yeah. This is why people don't like us but love us. It's right. Um, so like Corey said earlier, we, we do know someone who has been uh, a part of it, and they loved it. They just raved about it. Um, and you Were know, they a part of our tour, or are they a student? I'm not sure what they're what they're. Uh, they were definitely uh, took a class through through the tour. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's get into that real quick. I mean, what's the difference between a student and and you know, like when you went on tour? So the tour the tour was basically we brought a lot of we incorporated a lot of tools from our curriculum into the tour, but we only had six hours. Um, so we're trying to just make them aware of what they want in life gain consciousness. Um, we really focus on changing the way they thought about their business. And then we, that was the first two hours. And then the last, um, part of the class, I took all the hairdressers and David took all the leadership and he, we did breakout sessions. So I taught them how to brand themselves and how to elevate their social media. And he, and I spent most of my time, (laughs) I spent most of my time explaining why, um, everything that's happening in their business is there is caused by them, right? Their fault. Leadership, right? Basically their fault. <laughs> right. Um, I think I, I spent a lot of my time with leadership, teaching them personal responsibility more than anything. And so the, the idea of those classes were to plant a seed to have them continue working with us, which a lot of them are, are working with us privately now. And private sessions are one-on-one. It's, it's a six month program. And we take them through a curriculum that's a little more customized to them. So they have a lot of the verbiage down. They have a lot of the consciousness down. But they now they have to, you know, when they work with us, it's, it's real work. I think our coaching is pretty intense. We speak with them every two weeks and uh, for 30 minutes. And we have a curriculum online that they do and check in. We have an online community. So when they're not talking to us, they're talking to other students. Um we do conference calls once a month with our students so everybody can be on the conference calls and kind of get some really cool business consciousness. Uh, and then they, they pretty much have access to us in their pocket via text and email 24 seven. I mean, I have students that I talk to via text every day. Sometimes my students just want to say hi. <laughs> hey, how you do? Hi. We become, I miss I think you. We really become integral and part of their, not just their business, but their life. And that's really what, what we were trying to do to mm-hmm. begin with. That's beautiful. Um, being on your website, uh, I noticed there's what two curriculums people can uh, choose from. It's yes, hair so, babe and hair boss. Yeah, so I teach the hair boss curriculum, which is for leadership, and Sid teaches the hair babes curriculum, which is for people behind the chair. That's pretty cool. I mean, when you when we first started this conversation, you mentioned that you know your whole business was set about um, was set on communication and relationships, and I mean that's clearly more than just words from you guys. I mean, that's clearly you guys are living it. Yeah. We actually, we're very big, you know, when you were talking about money and stuff, if it's not working for you, it's not working for us. And if, you know, sometimes there's a lot of blockages in people's lives and they're not ready to do a a program as in depth as ours is because we really open your closet and pull all the junk out and then put it back together. Um, And so we've actually had students say this, or we've said to them, this isn't working for you and it's not working for us. And we've let them go because I've, I'm basically, I'm I'm not going to waste your money anymore. When you're ready to do this program and you're ready to do the work, then you come back and that's it. We've actually had to fire students. I think we we actually (laughs) fire a lot of people. 
Yeah, that's real. Wow. That's honest. Because it doesn't make a good relationship. And what it does create is desire to be back in it to change their lives. And so it's become a beautiful thing. Wow. Yeah, that is beautiful because a lot of people just say, you know what, give me the money and uh, you succeed, you succeed. If not, you don't. It's on you. That's right. right. But that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. I know. I'm pretty blown away by it. <laughs> it's, a lot of, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, it's very emotional. But like Sid said, we have our own coaches in a sense. So we, we, I don't think that you should ever listen to people unless they're listening to someone else. Mm-hmm. So I think the reason our program works is because we have someone working on us individually. And so when we go and give someone advice or we tell someone to do something that might be a little bit crazy, it's because we've done it and we have someone pushing us to do things as well. So we've, we've experienced it. We use this, you know, we always, I always tell my students, we're do I'm doing the work with you. I, you know, and we try to do the same work that, you know, if I'm talking to a student about budgeting their finances, I'm like, okay, well I should take a look at mine too. You right. know, like, it's right. like, we try to live through what we're coaching. All right. You walk the walk. Yeah. That's why we're so tired. I yeah. can't explain that enough. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you guys work behind the chair anymore or are you guys just doing the coaching thing? We do actually. Um I I do color and David does cutting. <gasps> that's like us. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. I uh I decided I don't want to do what I don't want to do anymore. And uh so I only color hair. Uh, I charge an hourly rate. Um, I I come in and I get paid for the time that I do work and I don't double book anymore. And it's a glorious thing. And I get to be with my clients. I do a lot of transformational color. Uh-huh. So they'll be in my chair sometimes six to eight hours and I'm getting paid for every hour that I'm there. And um, they have my time. It's not one of those pass off to the assistant kind of things. And then that's it. I've built my whole entire book off of Instagram and um, it's been incredible. I I do not enjoy doing color. Mm -mm. I do not enjoy that process. I do not like waiting. Um, (laughs) I like instant gratification as much as I can get it without it being unhealthy. So (laughs) um, yeah, I do. I work at white, uh, white room in Brooklyn and I work only one day a week. And sometimes I don't even work that day. (laughs) Because, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, and t- going back to the beginning when we were talking about, is there a balance between 1099 and W2 or employee versus independent? And I, I, I think that hair, we try to teach hair. I know that behind the chair, at least we try to teach hairdressers. Business is about making offers, right? No, you, just because something's been done a certain way has nothing, does not mean that's how it's done. Right. It just means that no one's made an offer that's unique. And so whenever I go into a salon and I, need, and I want to work there, I'm like, this is my life. This is what I can offer you. I can't give you anything else. There's no negotiating. There's nothing else I can do for you. This is what I can do. And right. I want to be on your payroll. I don't want to be that independent. So I'm, I'm an employee, but I'm not really an employee. I don't have to come in. I'm, I don't have to be there at a certain time. I don't have to, I don't have to do any of that, but I, but I am an employee. David's like the guest star. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, mean, I when we first moved to New York, I, we we worked in a little studio that we had for a little bit and it was just as our company kept growing, it just didn't work out. Um we didn't want that responsibility anymore and so um I wanted to work for someone else that could deal with all that payroll. I did not mind commission and I did a lot of research on where I wanted to work and I started working for a salon called Hair and Co Brooklyn. And uh even though we live in Manhattan, I, it's really cool to visit Brooklyn three times a week. But uh, I interviewed them and I tell my students to do that. This is 
what I'm good at. This is my Instagram. This is this. I, there was no resume. It was like, this is my Instagram. This is what I can do. This is what I can provide you. Um, when I'm here, I'm working when I'm not, I'm with students and that's it. And also, uh, we both do a lot of freelance. We do a lot of, uh, work on set magazines. Um, we, I do fashion week a lot. And so sometimes I'm going to have to move my books or call, or I, I get a job last minute or things like that happen. And they've been so incredibly awesome about that. So that's pretty great. Yeah. You know? That, that with you guys, you know, that probably that few, uh, days that you're there, you probably bring so much to the environment around there that, uh, it, it's worth, I guess the owner or, or you know what I mean? The, ma- the manager to, I think people deal. I think people like that it's different. Mm-hmm. People like different. People don't like things that are the same. They're bored, and so I think that having someone come in it makes. Not, I don't feel like when I I actually I don't feel like a special guest. I feel like I'm in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, hi, can I use this chair? I don't really like. I don't like know the rules, <laughs> and uh, so it doesn't actually feel that way for me. But I know that for them, they like to talk about like, oh, you know. So-and-so, we have someone that comes in once a week. He travels, he does this. Like, mm-hmm. it adds to their um, their story, too. It's not just not just our story. Yeah, because uh, when I was young, a young hairdresser, uh, we had a guy that did that. He, he would come in once a month, just for a weekend, like Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would just, it was just kind of a mysterious hairdresser. You know, <laughs> he would come in and he would be book solid, and he'll spend his two days, and off he goes into the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> for another month exactly <laughs> you know that's pretty crazy hey do you guys want to um you guys kind of want to uh briefly go over like uh what the hair babes um program is and the uh, and the hair boss programs yeah it's like an overview real quick yeah the hair babes uh during phase one so we have two phases both are six months um during phase one we really dive into um figuring out something that we've called the opponent which is which is basically your blockages in your life and what's stopping you. Um, We discover uh, how they want to feel, which we've talked a lot about on our podcast um, because we believe that your goal should be a feeling, not uh, an afterthought. And so figuring out how to get them closer to achieving their desired feeling versus um, a bunch of new year's resolutions that they're never going to accomplish. Right. Um, then we go into action planning, which is actually breaking those down and how they can start achieving, um, their big clarified goals on a daily basis. Um, we talk a little bit about creating a better idea around, uh, wealth and, um, expanding their mindset and giving out, getting out of poverty consciousness, um, which will in turn, how do you, how do you define, um, poverty? <laughs> thinking like a poor person mm-hmm. thinking that, thinking with lack thinking, thinking with what thinking lack. thinking that you don't this is what we hear from people all the time i just want to make enough right. i just want to get that three thousand dollars to pay off my bills right. i just want to have enough to put food on my plate. i just want to you know pay enough have enough to pay my bills and it's just that's not enough that's actually too little and so we break them out of that mindset of like i just want to make enough because then that's all you'll ever make <laughs> is enough, which is basically nothing. <laughs> enough is never enough. If you've noticed, you know, that's not just part of our coaching. I think is getting people out of that, mm-hmm. that consciousness. Um, and then I dive in with them on their social media and branding. And if, um, if they go onto phase two, we go in a little deeper of cleaning out that closet and realizing 
um, how we can elevate them and the difference between elevation and motivation. Um, we figure out where their ego is sitting, um, how we can break their ego a little bit. We teach them what true desire is and how to share, um, share within their network or their, um, you think people, you think adults would know how to share, but they do not. They don't. Um, mine, mine. <laughs> if you've ever worked in a salon you know that's can't here's my blow dryer man. Yeah. Know, it's my no. client it's, my client, it's, beyond that, it's insane yeah. and, and once we get them to a place of uh making the kind of money that we want then we encourage them to find a way to start donating some of it as well and to be charitable um and then you know we, I, towards, I wait to, to the second phase to teach them organization because they can't grasp it when they're thinking so small in the beginning. Um, but then we organize their life. And then usually it's like, what's the next step? We go through the same curriculum again, but at a different elevated view of it and yeah. uh, push them to their next level. So that's why we said, even though our curriculum is technically two phases of six months, we've had people go on to year three doing the same curriculum because there's always something new to work on. And David and myself, do this all the time. I'm like, okay, I got to start over this program with me because I have to work on my own stuff as well. So it's great. So is each phase six months or is it, it is. Yeah. Each phase is six months. Mm -hmm. It used to be a year, um, but people have commitment issues. Uh (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, do you want to go on a phase two or not? And usually the answer is like, well, yeah. (laughs) Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Just going through phase one, just reading it. I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm already motivated and excited. So it'd be a no-brainer to take phase two. Right? Yeah. Um, I think, and then with Hair Boss, I, we go over some similar things, like the opponent and the idea of the ego. Um, but like I said earlier, we really help them understand the number one thing that humans have a hard time with, especially leaders, is personal responsibility. And realizing that if my business is failing, it's not because I hired the wrong person. It's because I don't know what I'm doing. And like a poor man's mentality too, right? It's always somebody yeah. else's fault. It's not, it's not my fault. It's your fault. You know? yeah. so like a victim consciousness. Oh, I love victim consciousness and ripping that apart. <laughs> <laughs> and people have, people are really addicted to thinking that way. So we really, the minute you can, the whole idea of hair boss and hair babes is to change the individual from the inside. And then the outside reflects the rest of it. We, but I think so many people try to, the success we have is when the individual changes how they think and how, what the actions they take. And a lot of curriculums out there, a lot of coaching programs try to get the per- people to do new things or different things, but they're not going to do them if they are thinking the same way as when they started, right? Right. To get someone to make more money, but they, I, I discover this all the time that people when you, when you discover what people believe about money, a lot of them believe that money is bad. So how are they going to, how are they going to make more if they, right. if their belief around money is that money is evil, money is bad, money is the root of all evil. I hear that all the time. It's like, well, of course you're not going to want to make it because it's evil. Yeah. So we help them, we help them. And a lot of times they don't even know they believe that. <laughs> true, right. Like, the more you it, it, you have to listen to what you're saying. And, and I think people don't realize what you're saying, even even like when you joke about your self-worth sometimes where you wake up hungover and you're like, I'm a garbage person. It's your, your, your insides still hear that. And I think, I know it sounds very guru, but like people, you have to remember that. So sometimes I try to 
change my consciousness when I feel like crap and I'm like crawling across the floor. I'm like, I am beautiful. I am healthy because I don't want to invite that negativity in my life. I'm a beautiful garbage can. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty incredible. But yeah, if anyone ever wants to discover what, what our curriculum is about, we offer a free conversation on our website so they can just go there. They can look at the curriculum and they can request to talk to one of us. Um, uh, Destroythehairdresser.com. Yep, destroythehairdresser.com. And there's little links everywhere that say book a complimentary conversation. And because it's coaching, so pe- you have to talk with people and tell them what it's about. Or they, they won't, people don't just sign up for things like this. They have to, they really want to ask questions and feel comfortable. So, right. Okay, my favorite question of the entire thing. Are you guys ready? And no okay. copping out, okay? That's the okay. rule. No co- and if you cop out, I'm going to call you on your bullshit. We're going to start over. Deal? <laughs> okay. uh, David and said, what, um, individually, what, what are you guys uh, completely obsessed with now? And what I mean by copping out is you can't say, like, world peace. You can't say that. Like, what are you obsessed with? Is there a makeup? Is there a drink? Are we talking about the industry or just, like, life in general? No, life. no, no, no. This is about life. you, 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 you. Okay, I, I think... A few things. I think uh, first, first, we're very old souls, uh, and I we're really into the '70s right now. But I grew up on very southern rock, and so I've been diving back into that lately. Love it. We're Love very inspired by music a lot. Give me a playlist song. Something like CCR. Um, I my mom was obsessed with Fleetwood Mac, so I've been on like a Fleetwood Mac trip lately. But it's Love been that. and I like anything Mamas and Papas. Yeah, I love some good ABBA, bringing it back. Um, I like Simon and Garfunkel, so I'm really, I'm kind of obsessed with the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I also am obsessed with 70s hair. Yes. So I think that's what we were thinking. We're like, when we think of I hair. Think it was, I think I'm reincarnated from the 70s. For sure. I think so too. We, we shag everything out. Everything we style is very 70s inspired. We're very drawn to those colors. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I'm really obsessed with my Alexa right now. Uh, you, know, you know what I just learned today? Is how to do whole home music. So like I have four Alexas, so all of them play the same exact music. Oh, you know, I felt bad today because my Alexa went offline and I had to, I had to ask Siri something and I felt like I was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, Alexa's going to know. It's so, it's so bad. One day Sid was gone and I was trying to, she was like out of town and I was trying to hook my phone up to her Alexa, but it tells Sid what I was saying to it. I'm at the airport and I'm reading my Alexa app and I'm just giggling and I'm like, you oh do God. know that's not how you speak to her. Like, oh <laughs> that's hilarious. No wonder she wouldn't work. Her feelings were hurt, Dave. Yeah, exactly. What are we obsessed with lately? I don't know. I feel like I change things so drastically. Yeah, I think it's yeah, just being an artist. I'm I see something and I run with it. Um, but that's I think just experiences I've been chasing a lot more. I've been traveling I said I wasn't gonna travel after the tour and then I haven't been home since. Yeah, I feel like that I feel like 2018 was about becoming obsessed with travel and now I'm over it but we're still traveling mm-hmm. still traveling <laughs> just experiencing like i went to israel in the middle of this tour i thought i was gonna die yeah like it was it was uh it was a lot but it sparked that uh now i now i don't know i've never i had never flown uh, overseas before uh-huh. so it was a uh, now i have kind of a travel obsession yeah 
I'm in my thirties now, early thirties, 31. Don't <laughs> age me. And I, I'm really loving 30. Like you're obsessed with 30. I really am obsessed with 30. <laughs> you're still young enough to like play and party, but like you're old enough to have your shit together. And so it's a really nice balance in life. Like, you know, 40s when you're like too adult and like you have kids and I'm just really enjoying like um living. Thanks. Right Thanks. Yeah, she just killed us, didn't she? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I look for 40s and 30, guys. Live it up. Oh, yeah, listen, now she's back. Like right. like I told you I was gonna call you in your bullshit, said your bullshit. <laughs> I, I'm just digging. If you can, can hand I'm... me that shovel, I'll just continue to dig. <laughs> hey, I, what's uh, the rule? If you're in a hole, stop digging. I can tell you what I'm not obsessed with. Tell I'm us. I'm obsessed with the fact that it's still winter and spring. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness. It was snowing here today. I know. We've had like, we. Oh. I, if I hear the word nor'easter, which I'm pretty sure is just made up now. Yeah. <laughs> like, anytime it snows, they're like, it's the nor'easter. I'm like, it's but, snow. It reminded me of when you first heard about El Nino. Yeah, yeah. Like, totally. Everything was El Nino yeah, for after like that. five years. I was just like, where did that even come from? Who made that up? That's pretty cool. Awesome. <laughs> Hey guys, this has been a blast, tons of fun, tons of information. Um, I certainly want to thank you guys. So uh, we'll make it official. And Sid and David from Destroy the Hairdresser, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you. You're welcome. Please do me. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band uh, out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs> <laughs>